How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 170 of How About That Cigar Live from the Drew Estate Cigar Studios. Thank you so much for watching live on Facebook, live on YouTube. And for those of you listening after the fact on the audio podcast, thanks so much for listening when you drive down the road, when you work out, whatever it is you do when you listen, when you, when you, hey, Justin, who is, what, who is that? Who the hell is this guy? Who the fuck is this guy? Does anybody recognize this? There's some, there's some stranger in our studio here. Does anybody, anybody know who this person, what do you want? Can I, can I see? That used to be my seat. That used oh, to be man. your seat? Oh, my God. It's Garrett. Ladies and gentlemen. Jeez, Garrett. I don't know. I guess we can get this guy's seat back. <laughs> God. J- Justin's been keeping it warm for you for, like, forever. Justin, see, no respect. I, I, I don't know. No respect at all. <laughs> see you guys. I'm out. Have a good night. Thank you, So, Justin. Garrett is back in the Drew Estate Cigar Studios. Oh, Welcome back feels so good to be back. <laughs> well, uh, let's let's uh, let's talk about Drew Estate's new freestyle life pack. Awesome. Uh, if we if we can. Uh, during the September 28th Freestyle Live special edition broadcast, Drew Estate is going to unveil an entirely new premium cigar brand. And the company is giving consumers the available or the ability to experience it before the formal launch in the upcoming freestyle live event packs. 10,000 of those packs will be prepared and have an MSRP of $39.99 each. Every freestyle live pack will include three unbanded new premium cigars, a three cigar case, cigar cutter with cigar rest, and a freestyle live flask. Each of those packs also includes a QR code, which the purchaser may use to enter a sweepstakes for a chance to win incredible prizes from a pewter ashtrays designed by Subculture Studios, a Gibson Les Paul Dark Limited Guitar, and a 2022 Black Dodge Charger. All participating retailers can also win big and are automatically entered for a chance to win great prizes. Learn the identity of the mystery cigar by tuning in on September 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern time, only on Drew Estates Freestyle Live YouTube channel and Drew Estates Facebook page. Starting on August 18th, which was just a few days ago, you can find a list of participating retailers at drewestate.com slash freestyle live 2022. So, woo, back. Guess who's back? Back, back. I I'll get a copyright strike. I got to stop doing that. G-Rob's but back. so so, um, welcome back to the studio. Thank you. It is wonderful. It's to been a, it's be been a minute. It has been, yeah. It's been a long time. I've uh, been on the road all throughout the Midwest and lots of cigar shops. East Coast too. Oh we, my god, that that mad East Coast tour which Dude. we are super jealous about, but it yeah. it looked like a really great time. And we'll talk about some of that tonight. Obviously, uh yeah. our guest was uh, a part of a, a little piece of that and uh yeah, it it's been uh, it's been a good and I hit the road again uh in a couple days. So, right on. Well, it's so funny because I the notes the pre-game notes uh or the the like the small talk notes about sports and stuff. I literally didn't change from last week's because there's no change. The twins are still in a downward spiral. Mm -hmm. So I noticed, I saw this stat on Facebook today um, that the twins are fourth overall in major league baseball for teams that have been shut out this season. 
there's only three teams that have been shut out more than the Minnesota Twins this season. And those, doesn't those three teams have an average OPS of like 28. Guess what the Twins' average OPS is? With the same, with, with roughly the same shutout number. Nine. It's just, it just, does, on paper, it doesn't make any sense that nope. the Twins are as bad as they are, but they're just falling apart. And at the worst Minnesota possible sports. time. Yeah, Minnesota sports. Minnesota sports. Um, speaking of Minnesota, so I told you I was going to save this for when we were live. Oh, yeah. Um, what what are the Vikings going to do about a backup quarterback? For, because the guy, I don't, uh, Kellen Mond. Yep. Uh, they, they're not possibly going to keep him on the roster, are they? Well, so I don't know if you heard, we got the... Uh, uh, we got the Las Vegas guy today. I didn't hear that. Yeah. Okay. So uh, clearly they they realize that um, that they need somebody else. They need somebody to to compete in case Kirk Cousins gets hurt. Right. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, our two backups do not look great. Yeah, doesn't look strong. So uh, wishing you all the best on thank, that. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, they can figure it out. We want a competitive year, uh, yeah. opening up the season against absolutely, you know, with Minnesota and green Bay fun, fun way to start the season. It is with a, we got to do some big division rivalry. So, uh, I think Sodi's is going to have a, a big thing that day. So, okay. Or I was thinking Chuck E. Cheese, but Sodi's works. you know, <laughs> we can go to I, last time I tried to have a cigar and Chuck E. Cheese, I got kicked out. Did you? So, yeah. Yeah, they don't like that. the The cigar smoke, I think, affects the mechanics in the in mm, in the rat doll. That makes sense. So, or sorry, mouse or whatever. No, it's a rat, isn't it? Is Chuck E. Cheese a mouse or a rat? I'm gonna go with mouse. Mouse? Yeah. I don't know. Leave in the comments. Mm. Yeah, is is Chuck E. Cheese a mouse or a rat? I don't. I think Chuck E. Cheese is a rat. He is a rat. I think. Yeah, Justin's gonna look it up right Justin's now. I, I don't it. know. I don't know. I think he might be a rat. It's uh, because the somebody I heard this from somebody years ago. Yeah. They called. Is it a rat? Anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic rat. Oh, that's I don't like any of that rat. Yeah. Somebody called Chuck E. Cheese the mechanical rat kid casino, and I can never think of it a different way Although, since I heard that. He was only a rat from 1977 to 93. Oh, from 1993 to present, he is now a mouse. Oh, he's now so 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 he transitioned. Uh, yes. To a mouse in 1993. Mm, I was about to say something <laughs> political, and I'm going to leave that alone. We'll talk about that off the air. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and I want to mention again, uh, if I could please, uh, Cigars and Baseball, which is coming up here yes. in St. Paul, Minnesota on September 8th. Um, to the best of my knowledge, uh, you can still register to attend. Uh, all the information is on the website, cigarsandbaseball.com. But it's a great local event uh, at CHS Field in St. Paul, a great baseball field with a beautiful uh, a pavilion area, a concourse area that's covered, and tons of great cigar manufacturers there, uh, local restaurants with their, their fantastic foods, local breweries, local distilleries. Uh, and all the proceeds go to the Miracle League, which puts together baseball facilities for uh, young kids with disabilities who wouldn't otherwise have a chance to play. So please yep. check that event out. And if you can support it, please do. Yep. 
Um, so I think oh, we're yeah. jumping right in. Let's go. We're jumping right in. We got a lot to talk about with our guests. Excited to have him as a first time guest. Yeah. Long so, overdue. As always, guys, on How About That Cigar Live, special guests are brought to us by our friends at Corona Cigar Company. Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars made with Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borshowitz knew it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Tampa, Lake Mary, and a new location coming soon to Sarasota. To learn more, visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you would please put your hands together and welcome to episode 170 of How About That Cigar Live from Matilda Cigars, Enrique Sejas. Oh, let me hit it. There we go. There he is. <laughs> I see you doing this. I don't know why. What's There's up? So How you guys so doing? Push. It's fine. Good, man. How are you doing? I'm very, I'm doing great. Just awesome. How, how is the Dominican right now? Uh, it's beautiful. It's nice. It's warm. It's sunny. It's actually pretty hot today. It was about 90 degrees. But the Dominican Republic is just uh, just gorgeous, man. I, we're paradise mm-hmm. with tobacco and beaches. So it's uh, it's good. <laughs> Amazing. Well, we are absolutely excited to have you on. It has been long overdue to get you on our show. We've uh, we've done some stuff at trade shows, and uh, we've been watching for a little while. Uh, we love your product. Uh, absolutely love what you're doing and excited to uh, bring you to our viewers and listeners. So thank you for being on our show. Absolutely. Thanks for thanks for having me. Oh, I, I see this guy. Look, Adrian Acosta. I know that guy. Hello. <laughs> depends on the city. What's he what talking the, about? Yeah, what depends on the city? I was wondering. I don't know. Yeah. We got to ask. I need context. That was yeah, an earlier comment. Yeah. I need context. Yeah. Uh, but... I also need to fire up this oh, uh, yeah. this beautiful uh, Quadrata. Mm. Uh, that is a beautiful cigar. It's one of my top six cigars. Top six. All right. Top six. I like that. <laughs> All right, here we go. When lighting your cigar, it is important to pay close attention to detail and focus on the tobacco. In the same way, Steve Saka brings those same qualities to the ultra-premium cigars of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust patience, attention, and focus on the tobacco or the qualities that Saka and Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust have become known for. From Sober Mesa to Umbagag, Dunbarton has a blend that will fit your palate, your mood, and any occasion. Visit DunbartonCigars.com to learn more. So, Enrique, I had the pleasure of hanging out with you and our good friend Adrian in uh, New York a few weeks ago. And that was a blast, man. It was uh, it was amazing to uh, 
you know, to kind of get outside of cigars a little bit, hang out, have some dinner, um, laugh at each other. And half of the time, I just want to let everybody know that uh, Dominicans speak very fast Spanish. And for a non-Spanish speaking person, it's a lot of, this sounds awesome. Uh You know? (laughs) I got you. You know, I feel like that most of the times when I'm speaking with you guys, you speak English, I get confused all the time. So, no, yeah, and I totally get it. You speak English better than a lot of native born Americans. So, 100%. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate Um, that. So, one thing that is really fascinating so hanging out with Adrian and Enrique, and when I've hung out with other Dominicans, there's this, there is this really cool thing that happens and they do it a little differently than, than we do here in the States where, you know, we'll, we'll start, you know, saying things like my dad can beat up your dad and all of this. And uh, the Dominicans like, yeah, my dad was a cigar giant. Well, my dad (laughs) was a cigar giant. No, (laughs) he wasn't the giant. My dad was, and it is awesome to be a part of that. Uh, conversation. So it was, it was fun. It was a, it was a great time. That was, and- I, I, I was very fortunate to, uh, well, for Jed Blue to drop me off JFK and, you know, my next plane was leaving. <laughs> it was, it was a full coincidence. ¿Cómo que habla español? No, this is an, I got to speak English here, Gabriel. Um, so it basically, I was I, I was on my way to to Washington, and uh, our beautiful friends at JetBlue. And I'm sorry, I hope you guys don't get in trouble. Uh, delayed my wow. flight from Dominican Republic to JFK for about four hours, and obviously, it doesn't matter what you know what what uh, what time frame I have for the next flight. I missed my flight, and I'm in New York. I'm looking up, like, wait, I think Adrian's here. So I decided to give him a call, and that's how I ended up uh, helping these guys uh, sell. Uh, was it uh, what, Blackbird event or something like that? It was yeah. Blackbird. Yep, Blackbird event. The cool yep. thing about that trip was it really surprised me. Was that I was about to get paid five dollars and sixty cents for a ticket from JFK to Washington State. Five dollars and sixty cents, whopping. <laughs> That's so insulting that that's what they offered you. Uh, it's just crazy. It was, I mean, uh, it, it, it came to a point which is just funny, right? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you, you just have to laugh, especially with airlines. Exactly. I've yeah, never flown JetBlue before. So I've, oh. I've never flown JetBlue. One time and I'm out. I'm yeah. out. This, this is the first time they, they wanted to give me uh, a credit. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? You can give me a thousand dollar credit. I'm not playing with you guys again. Yeah. Just give me a freaking refund. <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, it's five dollars and sixty cents, sir." I'm like, "Okay, I'm going to fly tomorrow to JetBlue one last time." <laughs> oh. Man, well, you know, being that it's your first time on the show, I know you've been busy lately. You've you've hit the circuit over the last couple of weeks and have uh, done some podcasts. And we, you know, appreciate your time. And I know that a lot of this gets repetitive, but for our viewers and listeners. Um, we're going to run through a little bit of, of history and um, the, the origins of Matilde. Last night, 
I know Barry did a great job of going back into the 1800s and, and some history and stuff, but if you can just give us a little synopsis of uh, the history of Matilde cigars and your involvement in, in that, I would, I would appreciate it. Well, Matilde starts in 1950 with the birth of Mr. Jose Sejas. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, we, st- <laughs> uh, so, well, we actually start with cigars because uh, with, with my dad, uh, we're not a, we're not fifth generation cigar makers. I'm second generation. And my dad uh, started in the cigar industry, a sheer coincidence. He was an industrial engineer, graduated from, uh, from college and got hired at Consolidated Cigar Corporation's uh, facility. It was a sorting facility in La Romana, our hometown. And he was basically in charge of uh, the engineering department for there. They used to bring all the Connecticut, the broadleaf, and uh, they used to sort, strip, and you know, do the processing in the Dominican Republic, obviously because of uh, labor, where we were located in a free zone. So he did that for a couple of years, and uh, then he had the opportunity to be transferred to uh, the Canary Islands to work with uh, Tabacadera Insular. Uh, so my mother, my sister, and, and him, they left. I think it was uh, 78 or something like that. And they were there for about three years. And that's where he got immersed into actual cigar manufacturing. Uh, it came to a point where in that whole company got brought back to La Romana. And uh, he worked his way up to being the VP of operations and master blender. This company is Tabacalera de Garcia. So I guess for those who love or hate anything that came from Malthus from 1984 till his retirement in 2011, my dad was directing the, the production and uh, blending for all those cigars that came out of there. Um, I started working with him at Tabacalera de Garcia, and about uh, two and a half, three years later, he decides that he wants to retire from uh, corporate. And there's a whole kind of stuff uh, behind there. Um, but he retires. I wanted to stay in the uh, in the industry, and he didn't want to completely leave. And that's how Matilde as a project starts. It starts at the end of 2011, 2012. And we launched our first cigar in 2014. So a lot of people ask, so who's Matilde? Uh, I have a lot of answers. Initially, I would say it was my dad's mistress, which is a lie. He's very proud of my mother. Um, then I would say it is my mother-in-law and my wife's grandmother. They're both named Matilde. And coincidentally, we started the brand right when I started dating her, which would make sense, right? But it's actually a... It's actually an old brand. It's a, a brand that was founded in 1876 by Simeon Mencia in Santiago. And what we're trying to do with reviving this brand was uh, paying homage to our country. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't use at uh, that time, we couldn't use our last name uh, for other reasons. There's Seja uh, Signature Cigars, Amigo Dominicana by Jose Seyas. We didn't, we didn't own that trademark. And we couldn't uh, pay homage to our name, our family name. So we, we were Dominican, we are Dominican, we work with Dominican tobacco and we manufacture our cigars in Dominican Republic. And we thought it'd be really cool to revive something with uh, Dominican roots. So um, until they uh, started 1876, it, it, it ceased uh, existing. I, I think it was 1913, 1917, something like that. And we revived it in 2014 with our first cigar, which is Matilde Renacer. 
este, for us and for my dad, it, it, it has different meanings, uh, the, the name Renacer. And all our Linux sections, they have a meaning behind it. It's kind of a descriptor of, of the brand or, or that position that we were at. Eh, Renacer means rebirth. So we believed it was a very suitable eh, a name for the first cigar for two reasons. It was the rebirth of, of Matilde that we revived after being dormant for almost 100 years, right? And it was also the rebirth of my dad. It, my dad worked in corporate his whole life. He managed anywhere between 2,000 to 5,000 employees. He made anywhere between 10 million to 50 million cigars, depending on, on the year. And, and he had 12 managers. I mean, it was a huge company. And, and, and there's huge inventories. There's just huge everything. I used to call Tabaré uh, Garcia industrialized art because my dad is an industrial engineer. He wanted to keep the essence and the art, but they, they had all kinds of, of small trinkets that they would develop. If, for example, they have nomadic presses instead of having the wheel presses because he figured that it, it would be more accurate to have a nomadic press that would press at X PCI for you know, X amount of minutes, and then you can turn it around. That way, the cigar buncher could make their cigars and not have to think about having to turn anything around, right? Just an alarm. And so he went from there, from, from this big corporation with, with unlimited funds to start and working with a, us, a family business, a small business. A, he was working with a, when we started our factory, it was a 20 people. And instead of having to convey his ideas and what he wanted to do through a manager to a supervisor to a growler, a, he was conveying his ideas to me. And we were conveying together the ideas to, to the people that were making cigars with us. So it was a rebirth of him in that way. It, it, he didn't have unlimited resources of tobacco. It was a smaller company. It was just a very different way uh, of, of manufacturing, making cigars. So that Renaissance had two meanings for us. It, was, it had our family meaning and also had the meaning of, of Matilde. It was a rebirth of Matilde. Um, we were fortunate enough to get that year uh, being that with the Renacer Corona, which is a beautiful smoke. Uh, we were in the top 25 of Cigar Aficionado. That was our first uh, beautiful, great hit cigar. So it was a hit the ground running, right? Then we moved into developing other lines. One of the things that we've always wanted to do or tried to do with Matilde is one, it, keep it simple, right? Our branding is very simple. Uh, you can distinguish a Matilde in any humidor. If you like one Matilde, you'll know what the other Matilde is because we simply change our rings and the color of the rings with the, with the name, right? And the ring has the color of the box. So it's very uniform. Uh, we wanted to keep our core blends. So we, we, my dad's always been a faithful believer of, of consistency. And, and in, in order to keep that consistency, we have to have core blends, so we kept our portfolio uh, very small. At the maturity of our core blends, we we had about uh, we have four, which is what we do right now: the Renacer, the Serena, the Oscura, and the Cuadrata. And we just want to make use the best tobaccos that we put tobaccos that my dad maybe couldn't use on uh, when he was working with Tabacalera, because if you think about it, a, a factory that big or a company that big, a limited edition cigar. You're talking about hundreds of thousands of cigars because it's, it's, it's global, it's huge. And sometimes there were tobaccos that, that maybe he wanted to use and couldn't use just because there wasn't enough production. And, 
and that's one of the cool things that we that he had with Matilde. He was able to use a lot of stuff that that he wasn't using uh, in in Tabacalera. So that's how Matilde comes along. Uh, we started a small factory, and then we figured out that we wanted to focus more on the blending side and uh, the, the commercialization side. And in my dad's case, uh, what we did was that we started working with Tabacalera Palma, Hochi Blanco in Santiago. So we moved our core production to Santiago. Hochi has beautiful uh, uh, values as a person, as a cigar maker. His factory has been, has a lot of uh, backtrack, uh, or I would say peregrine, right? And not only that, he's one of the largest tobacco growers in, uh, in the Dominican Republic uh, privately. So with that, we had that inventory of, of tobacco, of aged tobacco that we needed and we were looking for to keep that consistency uh, within our blends year after year, which is what my dad uh, was used to doing. And that's how uh, Matilde came along. Does that make sense? No, that's, that's yeah, absolutely, absolutely beautiful. Um, so I, over this last week, I've I've discovered that we have a lot more in common than than just cigars. Um, we actually uh, both turned down multi million dollar modeling careers, which <laughs> you know I did. I don't know about you. I mean, yeah, I was offered to be to, to, to model in Paris once, but anyways, yeah. Look for, at that body. You, Look at that Jared. body. Yeah, for for Garrett, it was a uh, uh, hand hand modeling. Hand modeling. Shh. No, we don't need that. <laughs> um, or but, foot modeling, maybe. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I too was a, a lover of uh, skateboarding back in my day, and um, competed. Um, uh, and I and I understand that you spent some time skateboarding as well. Snowboarding, amazingly enough. Oh, snowboarding? Yeah. Uh, um, I, it, what, what about um, rollerblading? Yes, rollerblading. I did rollerblade. That was uh, okay. that was our pastime. Actually, as kids, uh, we, we grew up in a very, we're very family oriented. And, and we grew up in a very tight family. So, and in Romana, we grew up in that same area. We were a group of about 20 cousins. And we had a group that just rollerbladed every day. So yeah, we did rollerblading. Uh, uh, my favorite sport is snowboarding. Ironically enough, coming from you know Caribbean, <laughs> and uh... <laughs> so there's a there's a there's a great story that I would like you to bring us through. And um, I'm not sure your age, but uh, one day you go to your father's factory. It's a beautifully polished concrete floor. Wonderful to skate on. And you're skating, and you decide to start singing on the microphone. <laughs> oh yeah. So could you could you bring us through this uh, this story? You know, I had no idea where this was going, but now I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's that was one of the, one of the most embarrassing moments for uh, uh for my father, uh, for my dad. <laughs> Uh, for those that uh, that haven't met my uh, uh, my dad or don't know my dad, he is a very uh, he's very open when it comes to innovation, but he's very square and very serious. He follows the rules 
uh, everything has to done has to be done by the rules. That's how he is, and and that's how he's always been. Right? I'm a little bit different. I I, I like to play <laughs> around a little bit. So it, when you're a kid and you're in La Romana, and and your dad's Jose Sejas, and 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 he, he's he's the basically the boss of a factory which had polished cement floors. Uh, that's your playground. So on Saturdays, my dad uh, had we're three we're three siblings, and then the factory. That's what we used to kid around because my dad was always at the factory. It was his passion, right? So we used to go, and uh, this time he wasn't there, which was awesome because I was able <laughs> to do more stuff. I I used to get I, I used to it was able to get away with more stuff, right? And it was our group of friends, and we're rollerblading at uh, this beautiful polished floor. And when that factory is that big, they have a, a megaphone that's located in my dad's office, like with a secretary, where they played uh, the music for the factory as people are, you know, to keep people happy and excited. You know, how they had the lector. Nowadays, they have like huge speakers, right? And they have a microphone. <laughs> I had no idea. I, I had no idea there were people at the factory because at that time there was a Revlon side that they, that they made lipstick. That's another story. And then there was a premium side and then there was a sorting side it was a huge facility and i just stayed like around the premium side and there were people working elsewhere and i tell my friends you know what go over there and check this out and i start singing this song in spanish which is the most vulgar song you can ever viejo think about and it goes like uh, it goes uh, it's called maldita puta maldita bellaca and it's basically you're calling this girl like you know you, you fucking bitch you fucking horny woman you, you spend your whole life you know getting getting you know get it and on and i didn't realize there were people at the factory right about 15 minutes later nobody tells me anything because nobody's going to tell me anything right i was i was his i was jose Sejas' son but they call my dad like a senor Sejas. You, uh, you, you, you should come here uh, quickly. And my dad was, "What the fuck's going on?" I, I can, I can imagine my dad saying, "Like, what's going on?" I mean, your son's uh, saying all kinds of, of bad words in the class. My dad's like, "No, impossible." My son, that's nah. He was raised right. We raised him correctly. And obviously, when he gets here, and I, I rarely lied to my parents since I was a kid. And he's like, "Enrique." were you doing this i'm like uh yeah i didn't somebody somebody heard me are there people at the factory and it's like yeah have the fucking factories working on the other side and they heard you like all these bad words and needless to say i was ground like for 150 years i think i started matilda after i was done grounded and uh <laughs> so that was uh that was that that was that my dad's had a couple of issues with us uh, Another story with that kind of stuff is that we were up snowboarding in Colorado and we bought some paint guns. And my brother and I had the beautiful idea of taking these paint guns and started shooting at, at the uh, at the roofs. And maintenance comes up to, obviously, to our floor and saying, hey, senor, how are you? Everything is good. Same, same reaction. He was like, no, 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 no. My sons, they don't even have paint guns. And obviously, we bought them with my mom. Yeah, other. He didn't know we first thought they would never do that. And needless to say, same thing happened. We were uh, thank God that we weren't. He wasn't fined. 
<laughs> oh man. Well, and of course, you know, uh, the connection, uh, you know, sometimes the internet and the because it thing- snowed that same day, so all the pain came up. Yeah, this sometimes you have yeah, that. you just gotta roll with the punches here, Enrique. If you can hear me, uh, your your internet's cutting in and out, um, but now I, you're back. You're I think good. you're back now. It's yep. it's good now. I'm back. So I have I have a a, a question because, <clears throat> you know, growing up, growing up where you know, your, your dad is in the cigar business. It's, it's very often that young men, when they grow up, you know, they see what their dad is doing for a living or, or their, maybe their older brothers. Sometimes uh, let's say their dad is a firefighter and they, they say, I want to be a firefighter or they say, dad is a lawyer. I want to be a lawyer or something like that. And did you, did you always grow up knowing that you were going to be in the cigar business or did you have other aspirations but but something deep like passionately inside drew you to the the premium cigar business my aspirations were winning the lottery and just relaxing in a boat in uh in the dominican republic just you know yes those were my aspirations unfortunately i'm not that lucky so i had to work (laughs) um uh you know what no uh, I, I loved a, uh, I can't say like since I was a kid, I say, I'm going to be a cigar maker. I love cigars. I, I grew around them. Uh, I slept in, in, in tobacco bales in the cold room. As you know, Dominican Republic is hot and there were uh, cold rooms about 50 degrees to keep the, the, the wrapper and the tobaccos, you know, uh, at point. And, uh, so I loved it. It, what really started attracting me into the industry wasn't even at that point of cigars. It was my dad. Uh, my dad is a person that I admire greatly. I mean, uh, when I say greatly, it's like uh, it, it just can't really explain it. And, and it's the way that he works and, 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 and the way that he was passionate about what he did. And, and that really drew me into, into cigars and, and getting to learn more about cigars. And that's why I wanted to work with him. I guess if my dad was uh, working, you know, in a cigar, in a car factory, I, I'd be a car manufacturer. Maybe I'd be the next Elon Musk, right? <laughs> uh, but it was that, it, 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 and my dad, uh, he's a great cigar maker. He he he's an amazing blender. Uh, he but he's a, a great person and a and a and a great boss. Uh, we come uh, from a family of politicians. And, and my grandfather was always been a people, uh, a person of the people. And he was a dentist, he was a politician. And my uncle was a politician as well in La Romana. So we've always been around people. And my dad was the only one that actually went corporate. And, and he was in a position where he could help. And, and he did help, he helped a lot of people. And he always looked after his employees to points where he, would, he wouldn't take a raise because his employees wouldn't get a raise. And he, he was a team player. He was like, yo, these guys are the people helping me make the cigars. If they can't get something, I don't deserve it either. And, and those, uh, those values, those convictions, uh, uh, that, that passion that my dad, uh, uh, that I grew up uh, looking at my dad, uh, just being him was what actually uh, drew me into, into working with him. Obviously, then you get older, you start looking at the industry. Oh, this is pretty cool. 
And there's things that you see, things that you don't see. Okay? Uh, coming from corporate, coming from such a, a big company, there were things that I just didn't see uh, that I would experience as a, a small uh, business and manufacturer. But one thing is, is true. It, this is a people's business. And it's a people's business from uh, the people that make the cigars, which the bunches and the rolls are the heart of the industry. So yeah. the consumers, which are also the heart of the industry, because it, I I love my cigars, but I don't want to make cigars for myself. I want you guys to smoke it. Because if not, behold, who's paying the bills? Who's paying the school for Gonzalo and all that shit, right? Uh, but it was that. That's what actually drew me into the cigar industry was uh, was my father or my dad. Yeah. Nice. I love that. What was What was the first experience that you had sitting down and lighting up a premium cigar good or bad uh, i mean even even if it was even if it wasn't necessarily the best uh experience <laughs> <laughs> so as i said i was kind of mischievous when i was a kid and and my dad is uh uh what do you call it he's hard on on rules so yeah. i wasn't allowed to smoke like you know like like you know when i was 15 i wasn't allowed to smoke cigars 16 i wasn't allowed to smoke cigars uh but we did. We did. I, my dad had humidors in, in the house and I didn't smoke them constantly. But when we were friends and stuff like that, we know we, I took a couple of cigars and, and we smoked and passed them around. Uh, when I started smoking cigars, actually, in, like with my dad, I was about 16, I think. And I was smoking cigarettes. 98 was George. So I was think 15 or 16. Hurricane George went through our hometown. And we started smoking cigarettes. When he finds out, first of all, he has a, a, a meltdown. Because why the hell is his son smoking cigarettes? Yeah, and he's like, if you're gonna smoke smoking, smoke cigars, right? Yeah. And I uh, started smoking cigars, but my uh, my first cigars they weren't great experiences. I, they 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 were just you know fucking around with friends and stuff like that. And then you know after I was older, I started smoking cigars. I smoked a lot of uh, obviously everything I smoked at that time was uh, from Altidus, in uh, in a different way. I, I was spoiled in a way where I had an aging room with six million cigars in there. And yeah. there was always a lens with aged tobacco. So what I would do is we'd go like, can you print out that uh, that, that sheet that you guys have? Because everything was very controlled. And you always, there was always batches of, you know, of 1,000 cigars, 2,000 cigars that were just there left over for years because it, at, at that at that massive amount of cigars it wasn't that much so i was like oh i like to say a signature blend so let me see what's out there that just there i used to take these cigars that you know three four years old aged uh, but when i started smoking my first cigar like the cigars i smoked a lot were the hlman vintage cabroon which had oh, beautiful yeah. sweetness to it yeah. uh, beautiful medium strength just a lot of flavor to it uh, I liked very much. And then there were a few cigars that I enjoyed that weren't in the American market. And I just found, I didn't know about it because I spoke from the factory. And Don Diego Aniversario was a beautiful smoke that I enjoyed when I was younger. And then I gravitated more towards, uh, that time was Monte Cristo Platinum. I smoked a lot of my dad's uh, blends. So uh, the Seja Signature, the Mi Dominicana, Bifles de Sejas, which were beautiful blends. And that's how we started. But my first experience with cigars, it wasn't my dad. Uh, I, I basically, you know, took a couple of and, and went on. I don't really remember what they were. It was just kids like fooling around. Um, but yeah, 
I would just smoke a lot of vintage Camerons uh, when I was, you know, I was able to smoke in uh, front of my dad. Nice. I used to love that vintage Cameroon. Oh, yeah, I did too. Love yeah. Uh, another great thing um, that I've learned about hanging out with Dominicans is the men are so proud of their family and their children. Um, I remember, I mean, shortly after I met and started hanging out with Adrian on my trip to New York, you know, and we're learning about each other's family. He's bringing out his phone, showing me his kids, video of his kids. <laughs> and I was like, well, hey, you know, and that's something most American men don't do. Right. And I was like, well, it's just Adrian. He's he's proud of his family. Same freaking thing happened when <laughs> Enrique and we yeah. started talking about he whips out his phone and he starts showing, you know, pictures and videos of of his children, which is something we don't most, do very well. I don't I don't know if most American men do that. No, necessarily. And I loved it and I appreciated it yeah, so I, much. Would you yeah. would you consider would you consider like sissy or something or just just not used to it? No, I think I think most for the most part, I don't want to generalize, but for the most part, I think American men are sort of taught to, you know, just be the disciplinarian and, you know, and leave the leave the 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 sharing of the, you know, kids accomplishments and that kind of thing to the women folk to the to, so to answer yeah. your question, women yeah. folk. <laughs> yes. I think, you know, and that's old and that I think that should die and go away because I am proud of my children. I do want to oh, share yeah. that with with them, but it's just something it's a behavior that's not very well taught or, or modeled. And so when you guys, you know, uh, were doing that, I was like, gosh, this is this is a beautiful thing. So uh, tell us a little bit about and I know you call him Gonzi. So what what was it like? um having having your son it's it's undescribable period uh, so when uh, let's see i've always i've always wanted family i've always been uh, uh, i love always loved kids when i was a teenager i used to work uh the summer camps like in my hometown and i've always liked kids and I, when i was dating gabby i told her the day uh, i put a ring on you it's to get married and the day i i Get married i want to have kids right away and amazingly enough in our case she wanted to wait i was like no let's go let's go let's go let's go and we had gonzalo and and gonzalo is a it's just been a life changer i mean marriage changes your life but your kids is just a whole different ball game and yeah. it's and it's always a cliche when people say like everything you do you think about your son and it is and that's the way it goes i was just talking it, well, we were talking like off the air that that if I if I had a boss, I I would I I probably get fired because a lot of times if I can postpone doing something that's not that important so I can spend time with my kid, I would, I would and 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 we were raised that family is the most important thing in in the world, and and that's how I I perceive it. I so my my wife and my kid come come first. That's the reason I live in the city because uh, my wife and my kid were more comfortable here while I'm traveling. And uh, so it's just undescribable, uh, honestly. Uh, sometimes I want to kill him, but I want to love him at the same time. I want to smack yes. him and I want to hug him. Yes. It's, uh, it's just it's just mixed feelings all the time, constantly. Like we were and saying I that I went to sleep yesterday at two and he woke me up at six. I wanted to kill him, yeah. but I hugged <laughs> him and played with him 
Well, what else yeah. can you do? Right. Yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about this on, on our trip where, you know, a lot of people will, you know, stupid Americans will ask, you know, do they have electricity in the Dominican or, <laughs> you know, um, you know, all the, the silly questions. So here's, here's my silly question. Um, when your wife is, is giving birth, is, is it, um, are you able to be in a delivery room? Do you cut the cord? Do you do all that? Is it similar to what we have here in the States to your understanding? No, we actually have doulas. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, we did. I, actually, my. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you laugh, but it's true. It, you know, I, I, I went to. I, I was, I was fortunate enough that my parents were able to, 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 to send me abroad, to, 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 to study, do my, my university degrees and masters, and I, I was in a pretty good school. I was in Rochester, RIT, Rochester Institute of Technology, and people were supposed to be very smart. Uh, but I had people asking me if we had cars in the Dominican Republic. And my answer obviously was like, of course we don't. I took my two fucking dolphins and went across the sea because we don't have any freaking planes. So that's why I usually answer like that. I was just kidding around. No, but I was, uh, my, my wife had a C-section and, uh, <laughs> and I was there. I was there and I had a camera, which I still have. And what we're t I told Bera this yesterday. I know exactly the second, the, the, the hour, minute, second, my son was born because as my kid was being taken out of, of my wife, I had a birth shot. <laughs> so I literally have the pictures of my son. going. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was there. I was able to, to cut, uh, cut the cord. It was the first uh, child I carried all my life. I, I've always loved kids, but I like them when they don't break. So I have an older sister and and an older brother and they both got, had kids before i did i didn't carry or or i didn't hold any of my nieces up until they were like two i was like nope if they fall they break they're not mine i don't want i don't know how that's possible oh really see that's but my kid because i love i love babies oh my gosh I so when when friends and and uh i mean we're we're older now and our kids are older but but when we have friends who have babies and when the if the day ever comes that I have grandchildren, oh, good good luck to to my kids ever getting those kids back because I love 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 holding babies. Yep. I absolutely love it. It's one of the to me. It's one of the great joys of life. And I don't you know even if it's just a close friend who just had a baby, you know I'm I'm in there like could I please I wash my hands? Could I please hold your baby? I just love holding babies. Yep. <laughs> There's something special about um, it. Uh I'm completely the opposite. And I thought it would change after I had Gonzalo, but still my friends have babies. Like you can, can you please hold him? Like, well, okay, <laughs> but I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. So we're going to go into one more little Be here. Okay. Enrique, please hold fair enough. <laughs> we're going to go into one little more um, history. And I understand you used to love to go hunting in your grandfather's farm. Oh, I'm jealous already. I know. I think we have to wait for the internet connection we, to catch up. So do. we'll just just wait for the, the hamster to wait for take it. a drink of water and make its way around the wheel. And okay, there we go. And All now right. we're back. There you're back. <laughs> so I don't know if you heard... Um, we're going to go down one more rabbit hole of, of your childhood history. 
and you used to love to go hunting on your grandfather's farm. <laughs> you basically took all that information I gave you, right? You just throwing it out there. <laughs> I did. I uh, uh, I did. We uh, my grandfather had a farm, and my uncle Diocino uh, uh, gifted gifted us a shotgun, a four ten gauge, when I was about twelve. My brother was about thirteen. So we used to go every Saturday. It was it was it was obligatory. Even if you didn't want to go, either me or my brother or both of us had to go with my grandfather to the farm. And uh, basically, used to hand us a shotgun. You know, hey kids, here's a shotgun. Uh, here's your your ten uh, your ten rounds each, and go have fun. Go shoot rolones or petigres. So we used to go around, you know, walking around. The, it was I think it was like two thousand acres, just walking around and uh, and you know, shooting and hunting. But Pigeons we, we were taught for those who don't speak Spanish. Pigeons and yeah, doves. But, but we were uh, we, we were taught that, and that's one of the things we were mischievous. We weren't stupid, right? And we were taught you walk around with your gun, be a whole pointing out, be whole, you don't shoot when people are in front of you. And we kept the rules because even though you know you do super shit, you know what what kills and what doesn't kill. At least you know, hey, we did. So yeah, we just that was our Saturdays, and then we had a I had a a, a pellet. A, Point twenty two gauge, uh, like those air rifles, oh, and yeah. I used to uh, go. We had a huge, a, a huge mango tree in our backyard, <sighs> and I used to miss my bus to the school all the time because I was there, you know, killing behind the the carpenters, the carpintero, uh, woodpeckers. Bah, oh bah, yeah. Bah. And we used to go around with our pellet guns all over our uh, our neighborhood, just shooting stuff. It was a good <laughs> childhood. I mean, we had a we had a we had a very uh, cool childhood. Uh, very fortunate, uh, honestly. All right, now let's uh, let's dive into this uh, beautiful array of cigars that we. Oh have. yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't even think we talked about what we're smoking. Well, I mentioned to, during the toast cam that I'm oh. smoking the uh, oh, yeah. Quadrata. Yeah, I am also smoking the Quadrata. Uh, Enrique, what are you smoking? I'm smoking uh, the limited exposure uh, number one, the second batch that we released now at BCA. Yeah. It's uh, oh. take us take us through that blend because that's you know that's definitely the new the new new. So take us through that blend. Yeah, it it, it is a new new. So basically, with limited exposure series, uh, what we we created. So we talked about our cores. And our cores, you're always going to keep that consistency. They're, they're produced constantly, right? So with the limited exposures uh, at the maturity of the project, it's going to be a series of blends that are going to be uh, batch produced in smaller quantities and distributed uh, with across our retailers, across our distributors worldwide. But it's only going to be that batch production at that point. Uh, we named it limited or named it limited exposure because it's not something that's a limited edition. It's not that blend will come out again. So it's a rotation uh, program. So we start with limited exposure number one, so uh, blend number one. Then we develop blend number two. And then we go back into blend number one. So it's always going to be available at some point. 
within a lapse of a year or 18 months. And that's uh, the idea behind it. It's a very nimble project. Uh, we're looking, or I was looking for a different way where we could play uh, with limited stuff or have that limited feel. But at the same time, we can give our retailers and our consumers the confidence of, oh, it's a cigar that we already know. It's a cigar that we tried. It's just not there available all the time. So when we have that second batch or that third or fourth or fifth batch, that retailer that already carries it or carried it because they sold out, it would say, oh, yeah, I remember the limited exposure number one. I love it. And it's it, the lapse of time would be enough where, where hopefully where the consumers that loved it are going to be excited to seeing it again. So it's having that, that time frame where the consumer is looking forward or excited to that next production, but does not forget it. And that's what we're working right now. This is a, a very new product for us. It's been, we've been working with it a year and a half. So right now we went with a uh, limited exposure number one in Toro, the number two in Toro. We circled back and did the number one in Toro and Lonsdale. And then we're gonna start, we already produced the number two and we have a, a few different sizes and those are aging in, uh, in, in the aging room. And those will be released at the beginning of uh, next year, right? So for me, this was a, a, a different style of project because it's something that we we, did, we didn't do before. So it's been very interesting. With the limited exposure number one, it's medium in strength. It's very Dominican heavy. We usually, for our core lines, we have a combination of Dominican and Nicaraguan, usually around 80, 70% uh, 80, Dominican, 20, 30% Nicaraguan or something else. And with the Dominican uh, limited exposure, we did a uh, full Dominican. So the binder is Dominican. We have three Dominican fillers. We have HVA, we have uh, Piloto and Corojo. And the only thing that's not from the Dominican Republic is a wrapper, which is a San Andrean uh, wrapper. Beautiful sweetness to it, starts with nice little pepper, but beautiful straight uh, medium bodied, just with a lot of rich flavors to it. And that's what we wanna do with the limited exposures, having the, in that medium body, uh, well aged, so, all those cigars that we produce or we put out there, they're going to be at least six, seven months uh, aged before, like in the aging room before. And, uh, and that's our, our, our new project. That's what we've been doing with the rotation uh, production. And that obviously is made at uh, Tabacara Isla. So all our core lines are manufactured with Hochi at Tabacara Palma. Mm. And when uh, Ostos opened Tabacadera Isla, and it just, you know, when, when it just clicked, like this project yeah. that I've been thinking about doing would be perfect because there's very small productions or they're batch productions. And with a factory the size of Tabacadera Palma, sometimes it just doesn't make sense because the production is, is that small. Well, with Istas, because it's a smaller factory, we can play around with more stuff at smaller productions, which that allows us to to age more, to play with more stuff out there and just uh, play around. So it's a kind of a kind of a playground kind of stuff right now. It's just mm -hmm. been pretty cool. And it's oh, awesome yeah. because we've been, we've been dormant in, in releasing new stuff for a while. So this is the first time that we have started releasing new stuff. So if you are at, let's say you're at an in-store event featuring your, your brands and getting to meet some new consumers, things like that. And you've got, you know, a handful of consumers coming in to this shop who haven't had a chance to try your product yet. Where do you, 
where do you go in the conversation with the with the consumers when they say i haven't tried your stuff yet um what do you recommend you know what 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 are the questions that you try to get to the bottom of which one of your blends is going to be one that's really going to hit the right point for that smoker the first thing you say you haven't smoked them until they you have been living your life that's the first yeah. thing i'll tell them obviously because i mean they, they, they've been deprived of, of beautiful smokes right <laughs> um now a fucking great question thank you brandon no, basically, when, when when you see new people, the first thing I ask, because we developed uh, Matilde in a way where we have the Serena, which is a mild to medium cigar. We have the Renacer, which is a medium in strength, full flavored. And then we have the Quadrado and the Scuro, which are both medium plus uh, with different uh, profiles, right? So usually the first thing I ask is, so what do you like? What do you smoke? Or you, you full body, what are you looking for? That would be uh, my first question. And then you just go, so, so you like pepper or do you like sweetness? Uh, do you have a wrapper that you like particularly? I mean, a lot of people say, I only like Maduro's. I only smoke Maduro's. Uh, the sizes that they like. And usually with Matilde, there, there's a smoke for uh, for any profile. One thing that we don't have is, is super strong, like powerhouses. But we have cigars from mild to medium to medium full with a lot of flavor. So we're always able to find something in, in, in our in our portfolio for yeah. uh, for the consumer. Yeah. But and I mean, people, a lot of people ask about food, about uh, drinks. I go yeah. straight to if you're a consumer, you smoke cigars. What is it that you like? What is it that yeah. you're looking for at this time? Yeah, well, and and I'll say the first the first time I smoked this cigar, the the Quadrata was it was a few years ago. And, and I get, I get the same feeling from the cigar now and it, and bravo on the pairing suggestion for the, the Dalmore 12 year scotch with this cigar. It's a really nice pairing, but the thing I really enjoy about this cigar is as, as, and you're totally right. It's in that medium plus kind of place. That's, that's where I would put it too. And there's tons of richness and boldness on the palate, but the, mm -hmm. I'm a big retrohaler. I love to push the smoke back out through my nose and get more out of it that way. But the retrohale, as as much boldness as there is and richness as there is on the blend that I taste on the palate, through the nose, it is super smooth. And I always appreciate that in a cigar, a retrohale that doesn't, that isn't painful. Yeah. I, I can retro this cigar, which which uh, is super enjoyable for me because there are few cigars that I can retro without, let's say, having an accident. <laughs> <laughs> I can confirm. Uh, I appreciate that. And, and, that's, and that's part of what we look for. We look for uh, anything that we do with our cigars. It, it, we want it to be enjoyable. You just want it to be enjoyable. I don't want a cigar that's gonna, you know, you're gonna feel like you're you're getting viejo nails like going through your your nose when you're retro. I want you to 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 savor, to enjoy uh, the nuances, uh, the, the different profiles that we have. And honestly, I want you to be able to stand up. And I want to be able to smoke my cigars. I'm a medium, medium plus body smoker. I I would never smoke. A, I would enjoy it, but. There's few like super strong cigars that that I enjoy. I I look for the flavor more than strength. Uh, yeah. Honestly, 
flavor is is king and that's what we tried to achieve uh, with matilde obviously we try to use the best tobacco out there tobacco is always aged and we give a little bit more time uh, towards cigars and the humor trying to get that same uh, reaction that you guys are doing so it's awesome that you're getting it because great feedback is i mean i've always said constructive feedback is king because that's the way you get better but then that kind of feedback is a feedback that you love hearing too, because it means like, shit, at least I'm doing something right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is, Oh, is it? I think so. Is it time? Oh, it's time. It is now time. It's for time. Numero de los muertos. And as always, numero de los muertos is brought to us by our friends at smoke in. Numero de los Muertos, episode 170. Garrett, what do you have for us this week? So this week, um, I'm trying to wipe the smile off my face because this is usually, uh, you know, a, a funnier bit. But today will actually come with a PSA at the end. Okay. okay. All right. We've so had a couple of those in the we past. Have, we have. So <laughs> just so you know, this is nothing uh, uh, weird or you know whatever but here it is globally four thousand people a year die because of this all right globally four thousand people a year as always if you guys are watching live on facebook or youtube uh help us out here put put your guesses in the comments uh enrique and i are going to play 20 questions and try to decipher and break this down 4,000 people a year worldwide mm -hmm. die from this. Mm -hmm. 4,000 people. Hey, Ronnie, what's up, brother? Oh, Ronnie. <laughs> okay, so I got to ask a question, right? Got to yep. find yes. something out, right? Yes, you know. Not lightning. Okay. Does it have to do with jealousy? Oh, that's wow. a great question. I don't that think is. anybody's. I, I love that question. I do too. Uh, I have. We have done spouses, and that is. Um, no, it does not have to do with not that. Okay. <laughs> and <Okay. laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Um, is, is it some it. kind of a disease? It is not. It is not. Does it come from the sky? It does not. Um, land or water? Yes. Both. Okay. Um, are vehicles involved? Yes. Vehicles are involved, but it's land or water. Mm -hmm. That's yes. the thing. What vehicle hey. can go on land or water? 
Well, it's not the same vehicle. But oh, it's not the same vehicle. Oh. oh, it's not the same vehicle. Oh shit! Does it have to do? What does it? Does it have to do with fixing a vehicle? No. No. That's a really good line of thinking. I like it, but no, that's not no. where we're going. Land. Uh, falling off a cliff? No, sir. Not falling off a cliff. Okay. Because that um, could be land or water, but there's a vehicle involved, remember. Um, Does it have to do with a plane? Um, it can, but not usually. The fuck? Does it have anything to do with um, GPS? Mm -mm. Okay. I was just thinking if somebody gets oh, I see where you're bad saying. GPS yeah, yeah. navigation and they're right. staring at the screen oh, instead good. of actually looking out the windshield. Yeah. They drive, you know, they drive into a brick oh, wall or something. Good one. Or, or just run into a bad neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> GPS, you're <laughs> fucked. Bam, bam. Yeah. <laughs> oh, military. Uh, so, uh, I actually did that one uh, about a year ago. Yeah. Um, that is not today. Okay. Uh, yeah. hmm. That makes sense. All right. So. So it's. Um, first clue. Okay. This is uh, 99% women. 99% women. Are you sure it's not driving? <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm just. I, Excuse no. us while we go to a commercial break. For, no. uh, I'm a way. I'm a very uh, bad driver too, so you know, uh, I, I I'm allowed to make fun of it. Yeah, ninety nine percent has to do with women. Um. Oh, Brandon says exhaust does, fumes. Does, it, it, does it does it does it have polish or makeup to do with it? No. Ooh. Childbirth. Wow. That's good. Ronnie. No. Great Childbirth. imagination, bro. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That is that's deep track Whoa. right there. It is deep track. I, I know. Like that. Um, all right, more clues. Okay. Um, this is more sinister in nature. Can you just like text me something? Can I answer? No. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> is, is it? No. Is it? 90% woman. Purposely like, like driving their car in, crashing into their boyfriend's car or something to get back at him or something mm -hmm. like that? No. That's, no. that's jealousy. That's jealousy. Oh, that would be jealousy. Sex. It, it is not sex. It's not sex. I did that. Oh, well, no. you did that. You, oh, you, you did, did that, that while driving, or you? Yeah. Did I, did, I did sex on the show. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was a lost episode. Okay. Uh, Freezing. Uh, that's a that, that, that's a full blooper episode. <laughs> Garrett's blooper. <laughs> Yep, subscribe to my only fan. Um, <laughs> okay, um, so it's C. It has to do with a boat or a car. It might do with a plane. So they're they're driving somewhere, right? Or they're they're on something. Ninety nine percent women. It's not jealousy. It's not crashing. It's not 
nail polish and makeup. It's not phones. Is it? Come on, Matt, help me out. Come on. Is it text? Is it texting while nope. or using a smartphone no. while? Nope. So it has nothing. It has nothing to do with technology. Nope. So I'll I'll give you uh, uh, a large population. I'll give you some of the the uh, populations that are at highest is going to be China, Eastern Europe, and South America. Not suicide. China, China, Eastern Europe, and South America. Does it in any way involve caring for a child while driving? No. Oh, God, Ronnie. Yikes. I mean, that's dark. Oh. Yeah, but I Yikes. mean, so it, it doesn't get a whole lot lighthearted than that. I'll be honest. Ooh. Oh, wow. Crashing into livestock, that's good. It's not, no. And it's not giving birth while driving? Mm -mm. Well, no. if it was 99% women, that would definitely be 100% women. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, unless well, you, you never know. <laughs> you got that. What, what was the movie uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger? He had a kid. Oh, oh. Uh, Robert De Niro. Hey. Twins? What was that movie? Twins, yeah. No, no, no it wasn't Danny Twins. DeVito. Was it? No. Danny DeVito? Dying no, it was like he, the, 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 he got pregnant. He was a, like a doctor. But anyways, we're, we're gaining off the topic. I don't remember that. This is a really tough one. Yeah. Um, Junior. Junior, there we go. Junior. Good Google, Brandon. Good Google. <laughs> Sleeping in a car. Is no, sleeping? Not sleeping in a car. No. So you are they consume are they consuming something in a car? No. Or in the vehicle? Nope. Does it have anything to do with makeup? No. Uh Enrique went there already. Okay. Um, all right. So these individuals are usually found in shipyards. Oh no. Trafficking? Is it trafficking? It is trafficking. Oh. Oh. Wow. Oh. That was fucking dark. Oh. Yeah. My God. So oh. if anyone knows. I need a shot. Oh. Yep. The work that um, Luciano Morales, his wife, does in Brazil. She is uh, part of a anti-trafficking. Um, she works you know, for anti-trafficking in uh, Brazil. And she's the one that kind of inspired me to, to, you know, look into this a little bit. And the fact that 4,000 a year died just in transit to the end location. Wow. That's just in transit. That mm. doesn't account for all the other atrocities that are happening in, in that area. So a bit of a dark one today, but a, a, a just to put it on people's radar that it is still a very much yeah gross uh multi-billion dollar industry sadly still happening that's still happening and you know i mean i, I don't want to i don't want to be like you know, you said there was going to be a psa and i mean you've you've heard it said a lot of times in a lot of places but you know if you if you see something say something yeah i know it sounds trite but it's yep. really true it, it just if you if you see anything and and we've all seen the videos on youtube about you know things to look for and and that kind of thing just oh man 
it's a real thing and you know it's it's kind of heavy but but it's a real thing and you know we want to every once in a while i'll bring something real out to to bring us back into uh the reality a little bit it's something that's you you were out for 17 weeks so you had to bring something deep (laughs) that's right that's right yeah that's crazy that's really crazy Huh. Yeah, it's what uh, I, I, I've been lost in translation for a while now. What is PSA? Public service announcement. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, and and, you know, kudos to uh, uh, the Morales family and um, for bringing awareness and, and putting resources behind fighting this because, mm-hmm. um, you know, the more that we can do to uh combat this um you know hopefully we can keep some people safer yeah so yeah yep well that was this week's numero de los muertos all right so let's lighten things up a little bit we we shall uh and enrique since this is your first time on the show we've got we're going back to some of the og lightning round questions for you so if you could hear oh yes and uh lightning round as always is brought to us by our friends at jc newman cigar company they are america's oldest family-owned premium cigar maker creators of the popular brick house perla del mar diamond crown the american jc newman cigar company operates out of their 112 year old el relo cigar factory in historic cigar city tampa florida for more information on their cigars or the visitor experience please visit jcnewman.com all right enrique if you could hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes who would it be and why hey honestly my wife sometimes she's there she's not saying anything i just wonder what she's thinking and she's like oh nothing and i think it's always bullshit (laughs) it is it's true i mean every time she's thinking about nothing every time she's thinking about nothing then something comes out so I would like to know what she's not thinking about when she's thinking about something and she's not telling me about it. <laughs> That's very well put. Brave man. And you're very brave. That's not an answer we hear very often. And it's only the brave uh, it's one. It's scary. Yeah. Uh, it's answer. scary. I tell you, it's scary. I, I yeah. take a leap. I take a leap. Yeah. I'll, I'll be here with a hug for you after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, if you were, if you were about to get into a fight, what would your soundtrack music be? And frozen. Oh, the oh the the internet is that we'll we'll give it a second here because this one we gotta we gotta hear the answer to this, and I'm getting ashes all over the place. That's usually my job. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm a mess tonight. We'll wait for the internet. It's okay. Yeah, it'll happen. It's just internet. It's, it's just it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. This is fine. I'm not crying. <laughs> After that numero de los muertos yeah, of yours, no I'm like over here in the corner in the fetal position, like weeping. 
waiting for the Sarah McLaughlin music. To oh come yeah, on. absolutely. Not good, Dude, bro. Dude, that was like heavy. Yikes. Heavy. We are full frozen mode right we now. We are full fo- frozen mode. I want to start singing songs from Frozen, but <laughs> that'll get us another copyright strike. Just saying songs from Frozen might get us a copyright strike. I don't know. So, Justin, who? What would your fight song be? Oh, he's back! He's back! What is up? <laughs> there we go. Did you? So, did you hear the question? Uh, yes, I did. I was just thinking about it, and I've been in two fights in my whole life, and I've gotten a beating both times. So I would say it'd be something like one of those, uh, you know, the soundtracks that they use on the Sonic movies, like those funny things when people are just like jumping around yeah. and you hit that kind of shit. Um, I love it. But yeah, <laughs> I love it. That would be that would be something like mine, or mine would be this sappy love song because, yeah, I've 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 only been in you know maybe ten fights in my life, and most of them didn't end well for me. Um, yeah, so a couple of them did, but not, not really too many. Yeah, uh, you, I, usually I when I got in a fight, I, I got myself beat up and then other people beat that person up. That's why I usually went in my childhood. <laughs> I'm a lover, not a fighter. So, and we were very close. I mean, La Romana is a very small town. And usually when you get into fights with people, not from La Romana. So you come out of the club and it's like, oh, yeah, that was a motherfucker. And basically, then you got another 20 <laughs> people like jumping on top of them. All right, so, Garrett, hit, hit him with our favorite, ooh, our favorite lightning round question. All right, Enrique, you ready for this? No. <laughs> Here it is. Ready or not. All right, bro, the zombies are coming. Okay. You get to choose three industry people to be on your zombie apocalypse survival team. Who do you pick? And why? Well, <laughs> huh. So let's say I need somebody slower than me so I can run. <laughs> I love it. So I guess somebody fat. I won't mention names because <laughs> uh, I need somebody I can chat with. So I'll, I'll go with Adrian. That way we can we can talk shit and we can speak Spanish. There you and, go. And uh, and shit, I'll, I'll I'll say I'll pick my dad. That way, you know, I always have a little bit of knowledge there and some companionship and family. That's mm-hmm. from the industry. Nice. There you go. Love it. I love it. But All that right. slow fat guy, maybe. Uh, uh, yeah, slow fat well, guy there's... from the industry. We, we got a lot of those. There's oh, plenty just... of those. There's plenty yeah. of those in the industry. Too, there's a lot to choose, to choose from. from. Myself yeah. included. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So um, let's move into this week's Notable Smokable. And as always, Notable Smokables brought to us by our friends at Ace Prime. Notable cigars, notable passion, notable purpose. So each week, we all name a cigar that was notable to us this week. Uh, it could be a cigar that's been on the market for decades that we just smoked for the first time in a long time or... It could be a cigar that's brand new to the market that we smoked for the first time ever. Uh, so, Garrett, let's start with you. 
because I think we're having another little internet. We are having glitch. a little freeze. So, Garrett, what was your notable this week? I smoked the Montosa. Montosa. Oh, yes. So, I didn't, you know, it, it's one of those brands that obviously doesn't have a whole lot of airplay. Yeah. Uh, we got some at the trade show. Yep. And um, you're never sure. You know right. what you're going to get with a right. cigar brand that you've never had before. So uh lit it up last night and blew me away. Yeah, I was pleased with it. It was a nice cigar. It really was. Um, it's it's not like, but it's if I remember right, it's also a good price point cigar. It's not not crazy expensive. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, I thought it was a good one. Yep. Uh, Justin, did you have a notable this week? Uh, yeah. Speaking of Tabacalera La Isla, um, El Mysterious Tiger Duvaldi, batch number two, last night from uh my cigar pack did a, a release that I I got recently. Oh. It was a a good barber pull. Nice. Awesome. So, that's a good one. I love that. Um. And as we're hopefully going to get Enrique back. Um, so my notable this week, I got a, oh yeah. So uh, mm. you guys all know Cigar Dojo, uh, one of our favorite uh, uh, cigar media uh, groups on the, uh, on the interwebs. Mm -hmm. uh, they just, they're celebrating their 10th anniversary and they did a special edition of the Perdomo Champagne uh, 10 year. Uh, in a special new size that ne was never made before. And uh, I, I've been a fan of the Perdomo Champagne for a long time. I really enjoy that cigar. And that, when they when they announced, I'll be honest, when they announced that it was going to be a 6 by 56 I'm not really, you know, a fan of big ring gauges, but that cigar in the 56 ring gauge is really nice. Is it? It really has that, it's got just great flavor and it's super smooth and creamy and buttery so that that dojo edition uh 10th anniversary of the perdomo champagne was a really really beautiful cigar so cheers to those guys uh so enrique welcome back um can you uh can you tell us something notable that you smoked recently that kind of stood out to you obviously you smoke mostly your own stuff but hopefully every once in a while you get a chance to go outside of your your brand Oh, never. Why would I ever do that? No, I, uh, I'm actually giving a shout out to my brother, Brandon. I uh, was with him in Washington and I smoked, uh, his Apple state cigars. It's uh, which oh. I enjoyed very much. Uh, just such a smooth, a clean smoke, a lot of flavor into it. Very creamy. I think it was the, uh, the blue label, which I forget the name, but that cigar was a beautiful smoke that I enjoyed. Same thing comes from Tabacalera Palma. I think he has a very well-aged tobacco there. It's just smooth, beautiful smoke. Yeah, very cool. Um, well, it's it's interesting you mentioned that. We have info about that uh, coming up, actually, in just a second. Uh, and this oh, yeah? is where we talk about uh, coming attractions on How About That Cigar Live. So, coming attractions brought to us by our friends at AJ Fernandez. They now produce unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The AJ Fernandez portfolio of cigars provides a blend, strength, and flavor profile to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer. Whether it's New World, Dias de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from A.J. Fernandez. Uh, so next week's show on the 29th is to be announced. Um, we're working on that. 
but and then then on Labor Day, which is the fifth of September, we're not going to have a show because that's a holiday here in the states. So no show on the fifth of September. But on the twelfth of September, we have Brandon and I am I feel like such a jerk. I don't recall the other gentleman's name from Apostate Cigars. Uh, that are going to be here on How About That Cigar Live. And then the following Monday, which is going to be the 19th of September, very, very excited to have Mr. George Brightman. Uh, and we'll go into, he's he has a very long history in the cigar business. Yep. And a um, legend most people haven't heard of. Yeah, he's he. that's a great way to put it. He's a legend that most people haven't heard of before. Uh, and we're going to learn a lot from him while he's on the show and uh buckle in because most likely that's going to be a long show so everybody have your your beverages and your bathroom breaks planned out ahead of time yep so uh, we're excited to have george on the show on the 19th uh so enrique if you would please tell our viewers and listeners where's the best place for them to keep up with everything going on with matilde cigars uh, you can check our uh, Instagram and our website. Instagram is Matilda Cigars. Facebook is Matilda Cigars. And our website is www.matildacigars.com. We'll get all the information Fantastic. that you need over there. Fantastic. Well, Enrique, brother, we are so grateful that you we finally had you on the show. Uh, and we look forward to having you on again. We look forward to seeing you again uh, one of these days in person. And best of luck with the rest of 2022. And best of luck with the brands. And... Uh, just thank you so much, brother. Thank you for having me. It's been a great pleasure and it's been an awesome uh, evening, man. Fantastic. We'll see awesome. you guys soon uh, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, stick with us in the green room after we go off the air. Uh, so for, for our viewers and listeners, guys, thank you so much for being the best part of How About That Cigar Live. We're so grateful that you watched us live on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, if you're watching after the fact, thank you again so much. Please be sure to click on the big red subscribe button on the YouTube channel and on Facebook. Uh, click the like button and make sure to follow us so you don't miss anything that we have coming up. If you're listening on the audio podcast, thanks again so much. Uh, give us a quick rating on whichever audio podcast platform you listen on follow us on all social media at hbt cigar if you have questions for us you can email us on the website how about that cigar.com and of course until we see you next time burn cigars not bridges thanks guys thanks everybody